Hello, everybody. Welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. I'm Dave. That's Scott. And we are now going to talk about The Towering Inferno. 1974 classic disaster movie. Um, Absolutely. It had been, geez, I was just a kid when I saw this last. Um, probably like Monday night at the movies or Friday yeah. night at the movies and CBS had the the move the first release after they were out of the theater a year after they were out of the theater kind of thing. So yeah. I probably saw it in 75, 76 ish. Yeah, um, I probably saw it on the t- on the TV late 70s, yeah. early 80s, somewhere in there. Yeah. I remember watching it. Um this uh for our listeners, if you want to go check it out, um, this is a funny one because it's not available for rent anywhere it's not streaming anywhere unless you purchase it it's uh it's the first time right. i've run across a movie that i couldn't rent or wasn't part of a subscription um couldn't so where did you find Tubi. yours i looked on yeah. Tubi at first i couldn't yeah. find it and i was almost giving up hope i was like i'm gonna have to call scott because i do not want to buy a movie <laughs> just that i don't know whether i'm gonna like or not and right. i was going to the library our local library and i said well i know they have dvds movies Go ahead and check for me and see if um, if they've got it. And sure enough, they That's did. That's great. And my local library was the Southwest Branch Library of um, of Pensacola and down Beach Highway. Which oh, okay. Nice. I didn't really know there was fun. a library over there. I was just thinking they the one got libraries all over this county. It's amazing. I, I'm, People I'm read in this one, town. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven little branches, and I think nice. there's more than that. And that's just, oh, geez, I opened it up and there's even more. I'm Hours impressed. Locations, yeah. Um, but that was the, the Southwest Library branch, and it was pretty cool. It's right near uh, the bay. Nice little oh, bay cool. over there. It's right, right across the street from one of the state parks. I've gone there a couple of times. State parks are really nice. Yeah, I know it has cool. nothing to do with the movie, but where we live yeah. in Florida, when you can get out in nature and walk around. And nature, it's go triple ahead. digits and you melt. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I got to go running. Fucking awesome. Speaking of triple digits and swamp ass today. Um, yes, yeah, <laughs> swamp ass as soon as you walk out the door. My, oh, talking about walking. I was walking the dogs yesterday, and Gracie, who is the most timid of my two dogs, mm-hmm. Daisy bounces and runs and barks and arr, wants to fight everything. And I'm, I'm paying attention to Daisy, I'm trying to keep her from eating a lizard. Because she loves lizards. They make her sick, but she tries to eat them. Oh, yes. <laughs> meanwhile, I hear Gracie do, do a little, <clears throat> not a yelp, but like she barked, like getting ready to bark at something. I turn around. There's a big fucking snake. Like Damn. rearing up. Like it's going to strike. And Damn. I grab Gracie. I'm like, back, 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 back. Let's back, back, back. And I couldn't get a look at it. So I don't know whether it was a moccasin or whether it was just a black snake. I'm assuming it was a black snake because moccasins are very uh, aggressive. Yeah. So it didn't chase her. It didn't look at her. As soon as she stepped back, it just went right to the water. Yeah, probably just a rat snake. Uh, so I'm thinking so. it was a rat snake. I personally like having rat snakes around the house because mm-hmm. they do exactly what you think they do. They eat right rats. Mice? No, mice and rats. <laughs> well, they may have some with rice. You can pair, it pairs rice. really well with a red wine and rice and maybe some yes. scallions. Um, a little, what is that? Con- 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 
for the movie uh i can't do that <laughs> i i want to know your your take how, how did you what you wound up buying yours i i wound up i bought it off apple uh since i have an, a library with uh, with apple and it allows me to you know watch it wherever whenever and on my right. phone so when i saw this movie is damn near three hours it's like i got to get a head start on this you and I both go to work really fucking early. I'm up at 3.30 every morning. So yep. it's like, I got to start this early. So I started at lunch, got about 40 <laughs> minutes out of the way, and then watched the sure. rest when I got home. Um, this is this is a good one. Uh, honestly, that is my only complaint. I actually right. think this could, could be a shorter movie. This mm -hmm. could go all the way down to two hours, possibly an hour and a half, and still have the impact that it has. Um, I do believe yeah, it, it fell in now I'm not, I will criticize this movie, but I absolutely love this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I do think it fell into the trap of here. Let's get all the famous people we can. It's like, you know, during the seventies, we had so many of these shows you had the, the stars came on for competition and you'd oh, have the, like uh, the stars Circus, Olympics circus of the net networks, battle of the network stars. That was it. We had that. So the movies were doing the same thing. And as we just watched, uh, um, airport airport did four of those and they just packed oh, yeah. as many people as they could in. I'm going to go, let me go yeah. through the list. Go through that. Let's hear this it. List is fucking amazing folks. It is. You're, it is. you're a fan of old seventies movies or that era. Just listen to the names. It, it's absolutely Steve McQueen as Chief O'Halloran, Paul Newman as Doug Roberts, the architect, William Holden is great in this as the, the guy who owns the company who yeah. built the tower. And then you have Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire, Susan Blakely, Richard Chamberlain. I forgot Richard Chamberlain was in this. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Jones, O.J. Simpson, Robert Vaughn, Robert Wagner, yeah, uh, Susan Flannery. The name and her look is very familiar. I couldn't tell you any other movies she's in, but she's one of those faces that when I saw her, I was like, "Oh my god, I know, I know who that is." I just don't know where I know her from. Um, Jack Collins was a big character actor. Uh, Gregory Sierra. Chano from Barney Miller. The, yes, the, yes. That, I was like, we were trying to figure out who is he? Who is he? He was also in, <laughs> yeah. uh, in Sanford and Son. He was the yes, as, as, Sanford and Son. That's um, what, what Janine said. She said, oh my God, is that Julio? <laughs> Julio, exactly. And that guy, he should have been such a bigger actor. I mean, I, everything yeah. I've ever seen him in, he can play funny or he can play dead serious. Like, I'm going to cut your head off type stuff. Mm -hmm. Seen yes. in a lot of stuff. Um, Ernie Ernie Orsati was a, uh, I believe he was a stuntman. He was one of the fire the firemen in the, mm. in the elevator. I believe is the guy that he was. And there's a good story with him. Um, Ross Elliott, Ulan Sul. I mean, Mike. Cat caught this one. I was looking at the little boy trying to figure out who the hell he was. Mike Lookinland was the little boy. That's uh, Peter Brady. It's the 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 kid. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm looking at him like, man, that kid looks really familiar. Oh, yes, he did. Here's another big name that I, I totally forgot. Dabney Coleman. 
Now, where was he? Police uh, chiefs. He was one of the uh, police chiefs that was talking to um, uh, Steve, not Steve McQueen. Yeah, it was Steve McQueen that had to go up when he's telling Steve mm-hmm. McQueen, we got a plan to put out the fire, but we got to blow up the water tanks. And Steve McQueen's looking at him like, what? <laughs> you, you're going to do what? <laughs> yeah, he was like, I've, you know, I, I just want to, I got to get this in. Steve McQueen is the basically the fire chief who is yeah. going to put this out. He's he's already got an axe to grind against the main architect because people are building these buildings. They're not safe. They can right. only do so much. He's a firefighter. He sees this. He's he's yeah, he tired sees, of uh, he sees the problem this, with the building. Yes, he he sees you know the the unnecessary loss of life, all of that, and he has gone out of his way to save so many fucking people. The the, the stunts in this movie, the the oh, way they do these rescues is insane. And Steve McQueen is doing all of this, and then at the very end, it's just hey, we've got one more thing. We need you to go yeah. on a suicide mission with some C four, <laughs> and it, it just like he pauses, and you can read everything in his face, and it's oh, like. Yeah. All right, fuck it. I need some help. <laughs> Such a good actor. Such a good freaking actor. They're like, oh, there's, only, there's only two guys in the in the state that can do it. So and so and you. And so and so has just got sent to the hospital. Yeah. It's like son of a bitch. <laughs> I will I will say that I was uh after watching this, I want and if it's been done, let me know. I haven't even looked. Shame on me. But man, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman should have done more movies together. I think this is. I think this is the only movie they ever did together. They were great together. I could see them in almost anything. I mean, both of them phenomenal actors in this, and it's just like God. wow. See, see, this is the Steve McQueen I grew up with. I didn't know the Steve McQueen from The Blob. Mm. <laughs> you know what? He was he was a thirty something seventeen year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, he was twenty nine in that. Yeah. The <laughs> mayor's the mayor's wife. Her her real name is Sheila Allen. Uh-huh. He at the time was Irwin Allen, the producer, the guy who put this movie yeah. together, his girlfriend. Oh, okay. So that lady that you know with the blonde and she's yeah. with the hair, that's that's Irwin oh, Allen's damn. girlfriend. And he was like, <laughs> I'm gonna put my girlfriend in my movie. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> and uh it, it was just very funny because she talks about Irwin Allen, uh, just all the all the people that they came out and, and all the shit that they did. If you if if folks you watch if you get the two disc set or if you buy it, see if you can get the special because the interviews and the little featurettes that they do are well worth it. They're just so much, so entertaining to watch. And they talk, uh, Richard Chamberlain talked a little bit about the two main actors, um, Steve and Paul Newman. And I had always heard that they didn't get along on set. I had always heard the stories that they didn't like each other. Right. Every single one of these actors were like, no, these guys were like little kids. They were, they, you know, they got along great. And then you see outtakes and you're like, well, let me see the outtakes. If there's outtakes of these guys, you know, being grumpy, it'll show, it'll be obvious. The outtakes, every outtake was those two laughing and pushing each other (laughs) and just like, Playing up the bit part like, you know, they're going to hog the camera. There was one one little snippet, and I wish I wish it was longer, but I think it's Steve McQueen. They're, they're Like, the elevator doors open, and Steve McQueen, like, to hog the camera, steps in front of Paul Newman. Like, he just steps in front of him. Like, he's the star. Like, just, and you can tell they're just goofing around because Paul Newman just starts laughing. And Steve McQueen turns around and starts laughing, and then he steps back in his spot, and the doors close. 
but it's really quick. And I was like, man, I wish, I wish there would have been more sound to that because that was, you want to know what they're saying to each other. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was based on two movies or two books. Yes, I did see that at the beginning. Um, yeah, that it was two books. They they talked a little <laughs> bit about it. Steve, I'm sorry, uh, Irwin yeah. Allen got the rights to, or he was trying to get the rights to The Tower, a book that he had read. And he was like, "This would make a great movie." Found out that uh, 20th Century Fox, I think, had the rights to it. So he's like, "Son of a bitch, they're not going to beat me to the to the punch." He finds another book that hadn't been published yet called The Glass Tower. That mm. was basically a lot like the uh, the tower. It was a glass tower? Yeah. Glass they even tower. referenced the, the building as called, the glass tower. Yeah, it was called the Glass Inferno is what it was called. Yeah. Um, and he bought the rights to that book before it was ever published. And then it got published and he's like, he's trying to put this movie together and he takes it to whoever. And they're like, well, we already got a movie. And he, he's already got storyboards and shit written. He's like, yeah. yeah, but I can got I can do this for you. And they're like, oh crap, you think you think we can mix these? He's like, absolutely. And he goes and gets his writer pal that was doing uh, the Naked City series and Route sixty six mm -hmm. and um, what, the guy's name was Silifant. Sil I can't remember his his first name. I'm sorry, uh, but his last name was Silifant. He was a very cool. Lithic writer at the time but it's just funny that he took two books that were very similar mixed them together and instead of calling it the, the glass inferno or the tower he called it the towering inferno and i was like just perfect i just didn't care yeah. he wanted all the action in the world they hired extra extra firemen like, like an extra 1500 firemen just for this movie wow um not just for extras but there was actual fire on the set. So they had so many firemen that a couple of the actors and actresses were like, we basically had our own firemen near us. So if anything happened, yeah, they would just put us out right away. Well, <laughs> they just start spraying us. <laughs> since, since you uh, watched the specials, that's one of the things that really caught my attention on here is there's real fire. Yeah. Um, and it's very obvious. Uh, they used a lot of real effects when they oh, could yeah. and it works really well yeah, um yeah. it's pretty freaky yeah they talked to the stuntman there was a stuntman and stunt woman that were uh, talking about the stunts and the funny thing is the one blonde-haired lady that winds up catching on fire and jumping out the window uh robert wagner the woman that robert wagner yeah. had an affair with and folks if i hadn't already said it we are spoilers spoilers all over the place in this movie we're going to talk it to death and we will probably tell you everything you want to know about it in case you haven't watched this before. The cat lives. The cat lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that fucking lives. Yeah. Save the cat. All <laughs> I, I cared about. <laughs> yeah. But um, where was I? Oh, they were talking about the stunts. And Erwin Allen, for as dangerous as most of his movies look, because everything is in camera. The fire is real. The water is real. All the all these stunts are in camera. They are people in suits on fire. Which mm -hmm. is probably There's a the lot of people on fire in this. Probably one of the most dangerous stunts you can do. 
and back then it was fairly new to do. It was a very new stunt from one of the, one of the stunt ladies was talking about. Oh it shit! And said that it was not done all that much up to this point. And she's like, and at this point, we got it all over the place. <laughs> we got people catching up fire left and right. So they were really, really super cautious. And he called in the uh, not the police chief, the fire chief of the county and had him sit and talk and was like, how do we do this? How do we do that? I want it to be this. And if this guy said no, Erwin Allen would not argue. He'd just be like, okay, what can we do to make it look like that? that? And then he would go over and say, this is what you can do safely. This is what you should do. This is how the people have to act. This is the distance they have to be from. I mean, in Erwin Allen, for everybody always used to make fun of him and say, oh, this guy just, he's crazy. He would just destroy everything. They, they started out with 69 visual sets, 69 sets. All but two were burned down by the time they got to the final wow. shot. <laughs> yeah, I believe it because there's there's uh, so many areas where we've, we've got yeah. action going on and either somebody's on fire or the walls are on fire, yeah. the ceiling, yeah. the floor. And let me tell you, there's so much polyester in there. People are going up like candles. Um <laughs> The yeah, shag carpet everywhere. The 70s is not fire safe at all. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Even Steve McQueen and Paul Newman were both wearing freaking polyesters. Yeah. Uh, Paul Newman had the polyester leisure suit on. And it's funny because the old lady looks over at me and goes, is he wearing a leisure suit? I looked over at her and said, yeah, but he makes it look good. He did. <laughs> he he did. I saw that. I was like, look at that. They can make a leisure suit look good. Uh, you know what? Who who doesn't <laughs> want Paul Newman's doing? job? You, you come in, you find out there's somebody waiting in your office, and he has a bedroom in his office. This motherfucker was smooth. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Well, speaking, speaking of that, in, in the scene, I always thought of Faye Dunaway as a broad, a dame. Uh, you know, a woman that was just, she knew her sex appeal and, you know, she just wore it on her shoulder. They said in this movie, she was like, not like that at all. The, really? the scene where her and uh, Paul Newman had to get into bed, she's like, the, the little cover-up scene where she's getting out of bed, yeah. she was really doing that. She was just like, I'm, you know, she was not comfortable with that at that point. And Paul Newman would just strip <laughs> down to his shorts, man. He'd have 50 guys, you know, you know, Teamsters, Trip down to his underwear, get into bed, and he's just laying there waiting for her to do the scene. And at one point, he was trying to get her to relax. And he just whips the blankets off, and he's wearing cowboy boots and spurs. And he's like, <laughs> keeping them together. He's like, is this kinky enough for you, Faye? And she just started laughing. The whole crew just broke down. And it was like, after that, she started like, oh, okay, this is looking at it like, okay, this is just the job. This is just the job. Yeah, this is well, what I got to well, do. The takes they used, their chemistry was great. I mean, yeah. it, it just it just worked yeah. so well. And I can yeah, say can that about it. everybody in this movie. Um, yeah. Was it was it Fred Astaire? Was he the con man? Is yeah, that... he was the con man. He was the yeah. Con man. I love I love that little side story of him, yeah. and he's going to con this lady, and then he they fall for each other. He and man, it. my heart broke when she died. You saw that one on the wall though. That yeah. that killed because I was like. Oh no, she because I had watched some scenes and I was like, oh fuck, she's the lady in the white dress. Yeah. Fuck. 
And when she gets on that elevator, I'm looking for another lady in a white dress. Like, yes, yes. Oh, 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 yeah. There's not another lady in white dress in this elevator. <laughs> but he gets the cat at the end. Yeah, he gets the cat. Um, but speaking of, of him, he, Fred Astaire, one of the guys, one of the actors was saying that every time he came in, he was very dapper, very well-dressed, always a nice tie, $1,000 shoes, like the epitome of what you would think Fred Astaire would be right. when he walked on set. And he, when they called break, he didn't go with all the stars and hang out with them. He would go hang out with the extras, and he would go hang out with the Teamsters and, and the cameramen and the crew. And they would just, you know, BS, and he was a ha perfectly happy just hanging out with those guys. And they were like, it was unreal because you would think that he'd be like, oh no, 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 no. I oh, that's when when yeah. I hear stuff like that, I I love hearing that because mm -hmm. I've been on uh, multiple movie sets as yeah. as an extra mm -hmm. in the background and and what have you, and you know, it it rarely it rarely happens. And when somebody who is on an upper level takes yeah. time to even just say hi or talk to you like you're a normal person and you're right there. It's just, it's so cool. It's like uh, somebody was telling me they were on a movie with Ice Cube. I think it was one of the oh, barbershop shit, really? movies. And then Cube would go eat with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, cool and they're like, that? what? What How the hell? Cool I mean, that? that's that's really cool, you know? Here, then here's a another story that was in the extras. And that most of my notes are going to be about the extras. The stuff we're going to talk about is just about the movie. But <laughs> William Holden, they, they basically built like a little town for all the stars. There's like 104 people in this movie. Yeah. I don't know how many uh, dressing rooms they built, but it was like a little town, basically, how mm -hmm. they had it set up. And when William Holden would be sitting there, and he was across from uh, uh, Vaughn, uh, Robert Vaughn. And Robert Vaughn was saying that people would bring their friends in. You know, we're on set. When you come down, we'll show you around. And if William Holden was there and he saw somebody like have a friend on set, He'd go over and talk to him. He'd be like, hey, how you doing? And he'd be talking to the to the star or whoever the actor was, and he would stand there and wait to be introduced. And then he would start talking to the person. And they were like, this guy was like the epitome of what you wanted to see in an actor. And a guy, mm -hmm. I mean, he was huge at that time. Yeah. I mean, he was he was huge from the late 50s, right? 50s. Yeah. Till the 70s when he finally passed away and he they they said he would just come out and start talking to people hey how you doing he'd like take them around show them stuff like take them on tour of see that's oh, cool that's shit. cool and i'm like i would have never dreamed that from william holden yeah you know he i've always heard that he was just a party animal and he was he had a watcher he had a guy who would make sure he Said, okay. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things I've I've noticed. And I, I know when you go to a convention and you meet people, you're paying to meet them, and of course they're going to be nice, but they're not always. Right. But one of the one of the things I get from anybody I talk to of any stature in Hollywood, um, they've all been incredibly genuine and give off such a vibe that they don't I've never been talked down to, looked down upon. Right. Everybody's right. been really cool. And it's just uh like I said, uh I, I've told you this story, but uh my wife and I talked to John Delancey for a good 40 minutes oh, yeah. at How a convention. Dude, we didn't even talk Star Trek. He was talking about bronies and my little pony and stuff. <laughs> and it's like it was amazing to spend time with such a cool actor. Yeah. And yeah. it's like he just wanted to talk about my little pony. It's like, fuck yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm talking about my little pony. Yeah, I've never seen it, but go yeah. on. Because he yeah. did a documentary on uh, bronies. Oh, he's the guy who did the voiceover? No, no, he did a documentary about uh, the the subculture of yeah. grown I men who like My Little Pony. Yeah, I think I know which one it is. Yeah. I've actually heard it's, a, it's supposed to be really good. And it's yeah, like, so you think these people are really strange, and then you talk to them, and they're like, that's, yeah, that's not strange. They're just like, that's what he was talking about. They, they just try and find like a center spot that there's nothing bad. There's nothing bad about My Little Pony. It's a well, great little place to be, and that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, as as he said, he uh, interviewed a lot of military people. Yeah, and uh, it helped them with their PTSD and everything, and to be able to just center on something good. And I thought yeah. that was really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, I think that's awesome to hear about William Holden. It's like, oh my god! Right. But what what I see when I see these people, they're they're real. You know, right. they're not. Not right. that many. I'm sure. I'm sure there are some stuck up ones, and I'm sure oh, some yeah. people who think they're better than everybody else. But I don't you want heard some stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you, Craig. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I wasn't going anywhere with it. Other than uh, just uh, I dig this movie. Uh, but but hearing that, uh, that's what I was saying earlier when. I thought you could knock this movie down to two hours to right. an hour and a half. Right. It's because they got the whole battle of the network stars in here. We've got yeah. everybody and we've got all these B stories, which is cool. And it lends itself to if we're watching a, and this may have been how they did it in the seventies. This might've been a two night mo movie event uh, where they'd show first half and then the second right. half and get everybody together in front of the TV to watch this. But it's, uh, it's long, it's long, yeah. but it, um, I just, I just think there's too many B stories. Your main, your main yeah, characters yeah. are um, Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, and that inner circle right there mm -hmm. is enough to to propel this whole movie through everything. But I do get why the the B stories are there. You're wanting to feel a little bit of sympathy or empathy yeah, yeah. for some of these people because honestly, seeing that woman fall, um, if I hadn't have seen, if I hadn't have seen the other scenes, it wouldn't have worked. So. I kind of back talk or backtrack a little bit on this because, okay, yeah. I see why it just like, yeah, I'm getting old. Three hour movies are hard, man. I just sat down and watched a two and a half hour episode of stranger things yeah. on Saturday, but it went by like this. And it's like, okay, I can't really complain about a two hour and 44 minute movie when right. I just watched a single episode that was two and a half hours of a TV yeah. show and go figure. This, this is a good movie, and it's, it's well written. I mean, yeah. it didn't seem long other than whenever I, I looked at my clock and I was like, yes. oh shit, I got to get, get up at three in the morning. Like, <laughs> I was up late last night watching that. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, but I got, I got enough. Um, Steve McQueen, the stunt people talked about him and I had heard this about him before. He liked to do as many stunts as he could possibly oh, do wow. his own. And there was like one or two where he's like, no, I can do it. And they're like, no, 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 you can't. And I guess he went and did one of them. And the other one, finally, somebody just put their fist down and said, no, this is too dangerous. Yeah. You know, you will shut down production if you get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to do it. So it was like one of those. But he liked to do a lot of his own stunts. So he was. I get it. He, he was doing his own thing. Um, the The elevator. Where the fireman, he's holding on to the young fireman. Yeah. On, on oh, dude. That, <laughs> that was intense. Man. Yeah, right? How would you like to be that guy hanging upside down? Uh, like, oh, and I just wanted to say, will you that? stop letting go? Quit moving your damn hand. He just, oh, oh, yeah, just like, I didn't understand why people, in, after they got hooked, the people in the elevator just didn't grab them. 
I know, right? No, that window's gone. Just go out there and grab them. I got them. You can let them go. Yeah, <laughs> no, pull them back dude. in. I was expecting that, but yeah. it gave a lot of a lot of tension. But it's like, all right, dude, will you grab? <laughs> yeah, that that scene though, I guess, is from the way it looks, is the scene that that stuntman, that fireman, was talking about when Steve McQueen. That was supposed to be a body double for Steve McQueen. Mm. He came in the next day and he asked the guy, "Well, how did the shoot go? Does, you know, does it look good?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, uh, it's okay. They got it in the can, but I think it could have been better." He goes, "Oh, okay." He makes a phone call. He makes all the studio heads, everybody who has anything to do with this movie, come to an office. Steve McQueen, big biggest actor in Hollywood at the time, next to the guy that's starring with him, Paul Newman. Yeah. And they're all like, "Well, wait. Basically, what what are we here for?" And he says, okay, uh, this scene's not working. And they're like, who, what? You haven't even, haven't even seen it. Who, who told you this? <laughs> Someone told me the scene's not working and, and we need to redo it. He says we need to redo it. And the guy didn't actually say that. He no. just said, eh. <laughs> And everybody's like, who the hell is this? You know, who the hell is he talking about? You got a stuntman? Are you telling me a stuntman? We're going to shoot. He's like, yeah, we're going to reshoot it. They went and reshot it, and that's the scene you got. They, and, the, and the guy's like, oh, good. "Yeah, it was it was a lot better when he's up on there and doing all the all his own stunts and hanging from the helicopter shit. Because <laughs> that's the real shot. That's really him hanging from the helicopter when they're oh damn that big mat. <laughs> so, yeah, it worked better. They, they got the shot then. And that's the scene. <laughs> like, and wow. and that's cool. That because that, that was obvious. Um, you could see that. They had already set the uh, drop pad yeah. down for somebody yeah. to fall on. Uh, that was a pretty intense scene. The uh, when the, they had the chair uh, for for our listeners, there's a scene where they're trying to skate, get people out, trying to rescue people out, and the only thing they can do is run a line between two skyscrapers and put people in a chair. And this is absolutely insane. And it's like, my God, I wouldn't want to be there. But you know what? I did not even cry when that asshole jumped on and you? fell. Yeah, why would yeah. you? Chamberlain, bye. You're a yeah. jerk. Yeah. Oh. He was a jerk. He was a real fucking jerk. But here, here, let me let me just back up. The fire starts right away in this movie. I was going to give them a little backstory so everybody knows yeah. why we hate Richard Chamberlain in this yeah, okay. movie. <laughs> so the fire starts. And what you what you find out is Paul Newman is an architect. He's built this movie. I mean, this movie. This Well, yeah. He built this tower. Um, and it's supposed to be like one of the most technological advanced mm -hmm. safest thing. They even have a control room with lots of flashing lights that have no labels. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they kept pushing that button that's funny yep. I, I made a statement to that the other day I don't know I keep pushing these buttons and the lights are flashing I don't know they're just flashing I don't know <laughs> so report. <laughs> it, it's it's supposed to be safe but what what we find out and nothing has changed in this world no. um the, the building owner's son-in-law got the contract to do the construction and he cut massive corners, especially on the electrical systems. Yeah. Um, which if they would have done them per plan, the building really would have been that safe. So there's a lot being said here with um with yeah. Steve McQueen's character and just the whole yeah, you know, I can't save anybody about the seventh floor. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's like yeah. uh, but it was it was all done to human greed um, and to save a penny. 
uh, caused all this death and destruction right. and for this vanity of the, the world's tallest building. And it didn't even make it through its commencement night. Yeah, it's, it's dedication first, night. First yeah. Night. Um, yeah. yeah. That's the whole, the whole point of this movie is it's the grand opening of the glass tower and that, Oh my God, this is, it's a cool building looking building. And I, I'm guessing the way it seems like is that his, uh, Steve McQueen's character is like the leading architect on the planet. You, know, you mean Paul Newman? Oh, Paul Newman, I'm sorry. Yeah. Paul, Paul Newman, yes. He's like the, the head architect and everybody loves him. And him and his wife are going to... Well, he's got an office the right there in the building, yeah. He's ready to just give it all up. He's going to move out to the country, Utah, and just live you know, yeah. off the land or whatever. He's get, He just doesn't want to do it anymore. The wife is going to, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm, you know, I'm getting offered a big job. And he's like, fuck, really? You know, right now? Enter Steve McQueen, whenever the party comes in. There's electrical failure. They're getting signals all over the place, but they can't pinpoint it because there's multiple shocks going off and wires exploding because of the drag on the wire system. The guy didn't use the right wire code. Yeah. And they keep telling telling uh, Paul Newman, well, we used code. And the guy's like, you know, code wasn't good enough for this. That's why I did it this other way. You know, if, if you had followed it, the building wouldn't be on fire kind of thing. And I like when Steve McQueen comes in and is talking to uh, the main the main architect, uh, that, that, that William Holden's character. The, the oh, the owner? <laughs> and he says, yeah, you got to get these people out of this party. He's like, well, the mayor's over there. I'm just going to have to step step over your head. And he just he shoots this guy down. He goes, yeah, when there's a fire, I'm in charge and nobody outranks me. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy just looks at him like, what? Goes, they still really didn't listen to it. If, yeah, they, if the if they would have, if they would have just listened right off the bat, but yeah. you know, that that brings me to this wonderful scene. Where Paul Newman or Steve McQueen, one of them is saying, don't get on this elevator. It right, could right. stop where the fire is. And everybody right. rushed on it. And guess what? It opened up and they all baked. And it was just glorious as they're screaming. It's like, you <laughs> fucking just, idiots. Oh, the fire just shot right into there, too, yeah. man. How horrible yeah. would that be? Yeah, uh, well, you uh, should have listened. Yeah, you should have listened. <laughs> don't, don't rush. Don't rush. <laughs> and if they cement wouldn't have been holding the door down, the back door... Yeah, what's up with that? What's up with that? Why was there a wheelbarrow on the hundred and some floor with cement that just poured on, been knocked over? It was too convenient. (laughs) I'm just saying. It was a convenient bad thing, bad idea. Yeah. Uh, But it's fun fun to see how they're trying to work their way up this massive skyscraper to put out this fire. That Steve McQueen's already told the guy, I can't put anything out past the seventh floor. There's no way, yeah. you know, that yeah. you guys keep building these massive structures and we can't do anything if a fire gets so high. Yep. All there is to it. And, you know, that's, oh, that, and the miniatures, let's talk about the miniatures in that. Oh, dude, they were glorious. Fantastic were those. How, how great were the matte paintings? Some of the things. Yes. I didn't realize were matte paintings until I mm-hmm. watched the, the extras. And I, I thought, okay, they have a miniature and they somehow superimposed it. But that's the one shot of the of the building from above is actually a matte painting. Oh, damn. Like, Holy crap. That's really good. Like, yeah, you don't see it. Uh, the one miniature, I guess, of the tower was 
70, I think they said 70 feet. 70 feet. That's, that's insane. I want to say 70 feet. I hope I didn't mishear it because that just seems massive. But uh, yeah. that's where they were lighting off all the explosions and stuff. I could see them doing something that big. That. I mean, that's a big yeah. building to build. But That's a kick-ass yeah. looking building, too. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. Um, and it makes me think of buildings like the Burj Khalifa in uh, the UA that is like right. super fucking tall. It's like, oh, my God, what if they get a fire? You yeah. know? And but if if uh, Vin Diesel can drive a car from building to building over there, then I guess they're all right. Should anyway. be okay. Yeah, he'll just keep going back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> I am a glutton for the Fast and Furious movies. I love them to I've death. Never it's, seen they are absolutely. I'm sorry, they're horrible, but I love them. Yeah. I love them so much. It's all about family. <laughs> Uh, it's all it's they're good i recommend honestly i recommend that series to anybody i fucking right. love them number three tokyo drift is my favorite don't really me. yeah uh they're great they're great they're stupid they're absolutely stupid and they're wonderful anyway moving on I to the towering inferno <laughs> um erwin allen got the rights whenever he did this the movie was made for about 11 million dollars oh wow that's with that's, all the that's actors. That's big at then. That, yeah. That's with all those big name actors. Yeah. I can't imagine having that many big names in a movie now. Oh, you're hundreds of millions. Just to start. That's before you shoot one inch of film. How yeah, you just paid for the cast. Yeah. The, the, oh. the one I thing work that cheaper. I, I'm just saying. I work cheaper. The, the one thing I thought was funny <laughs> is Steve McQueen. When he was reading the script, one of his stipulations was Paul Newman wasn't allowed to have any more lines than him. They had to have the same number of lines. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't want to be overshadowed. Like, what a freaking diva, man. How crazy wow. is that? And he, he wanted like the one thing that he insisted on was like that that thing at the end when he's telling him, you know, you guys are just building these guys straight yeah. so high and blah, blah, blah. And he insisted on on this rewrite. And the guy's like, what? fine, I'll do it. And he gives him the rewrite and hands it to him. And he reads it and he's watching the dailies. And he's like, man, you got to do something. And the guy's like, what? Dude, I gave you exactly what you wanted. He's like, yeah, I'm reading all these. I'm doing all these lines and doing all these lines. And there's fucking Paul Newman with his big blue eyes just looking up at me, stealing my scene. <laughs> he goes, you got to give him some lines. <laughs> so that, scene, that scene works well. That's yes, a good right? scene. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny. Like you realize that, oh shit. <laughs> all you're getting is reaction from Paul. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that. And I, I'm gonna throw out another goddamn uh Fast and Furious reference. Oh, that ahead. was one of the things I read about with uh Vin Diesel and some of the others is if they had a fight scene, they could only there was something with the about number of punches, they could not take more hits than they delivered and they had to always come out on top it's like jesus christ that's why i uh when i was reading about the whole dwayne johnson and him why they were yeah. going at each other because he's like you're such a fucking diva yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah but oh, wow yeah go figure whatever they're both probably very strong personalities <laughs> yes probably both want to be the lead dog and i wouldn't follow either one of them into the desert no no <laughs> yeah. and i wouldn't piss either one of them off so yeah, no, well, no, you don't want to piss them off but if, it comes, but if it comes to surviving in the wilderness 
and having one of those two morons follow me or leave me, I'd be like, no, you guys go ahead. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I kind of know how to build my own fire. You guys go be pretty in the woods. I'm going to go pay for a fire. I'm going to go hunting. (laughs) I'm going to pick up my rabbits. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But this, that, that's one of the things I find that that's a neat scene and and he's right. Um, I mean, damn, Paul fucking Newman. I mean, what what more do you got to say? And if you was, watch that scene close, especially at the end, folks, that I think what happened is they probably did it on a pickup. They probably wound up going back and reshooting Paul Newman's lines. Something hmm. just tells me that it wasn't all in one shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like he was like, you have to do something. So when Paul Newman says what he's got to say to him, you know, because that almost looks like an after an afterthought kind of thing. Right. So <laughs> that was a good scene. Uh, There's so many. There's so much good stuff going on in here. You you kind of miss you miss a lot because it is such yeah. a long movie, like you said. Um, There's the a lot fire, here. All the fire is real. All the stunts are real. Everything's in in camera. All the shots are in camera. Even the explosions on the building, though not an actual building, is a really big freaking model. It is a yeah. really big replica. And you know you, you had to have that crap blowing up. You have to take the time to redo it if you don't get it on the first uh first shot so yeah man that's i can't imagine well here's the here's the thing with this i'm watching this and i'm always reminded when i watch stuff and i see practical effects while i yes i can tell i'm looking at miniatures just because uh-huh. of the way the map paintings and things just kind of are a little yeah. striking um it still to me looks better than cgi um yeah now i yeah, say that yeah. you can watch the cgi movie now one that's out now and it looks absolutely phenomenal but guess what? 20 years ago when we watched CGI in a movie, it looked absolutely phenomenal. It doesn't now. Right. So, but the models, the miniatures, the stop motion animation is timeless. It yeah. always works. Yes, I know I'm looking at something fake, but my brain will eventually just dismiss it and it's good. Yeah, it just fills it in. It's like watching a Harryhausen movie with the centaurs, yes. minotaurs, and this and that. You're looking at it, and you're like, I know that's not real. I know, I know how they did it. I know that the magic behind that moment. But that moment works really Dude, those well. skeletons that came out of the fire on Sinbad were the absolutely best. amazing. Those are the best. That, 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 that was the best scene. Harryhausen I've seen. It's like, Anytime oh, Anytime Harryhausen shit. used skeletons to fight. Oh, they were great. Shit, they were great. They were absolutely great. So um, to, to roll back, this is okay. a great 70s disaster film. Man, there's tons of action in this. The stunts. Yeah. Uh, this is worth it just to watch. It's it's exciting. And I think I texted you. It's like, man, I want to watch Backdraft now. Because yeah, this right? at the very beginning of this movie, there's a dedication to all the firefighters, current mm-hmm. and past. And I thought that right. was really, really cool um, and great to recognize. And it made me think of firefighting movies. And the first one that came to mind was Backdraft. And it's like, oh, man, yeah. that's another good one. Yeah. Um, but which probably took a lot of inspiration from this movie. Um, I could see that because there was a lot of backdraft moments, like when the guy yes. opens up the door and his yes. friend tackles him, and that yep. flame just rolls over top of him. That, I mean, that's all, that's real. That That's yeah. happening as they're filming it. I mean, which granted, the guy's in a fire suit and all that, but right. still, I mean. Still dangerous. Every bit of that was dangerous. the most dangerous stunt you can do. And, and yeah. that's amazing that they did it so many times. I didn't even bother counting, but I, I I know I've counted at least there's at least four that I know of. That one, yeah, the one with Robert Wagner's character, the one where the chick falls out the window, uh, and then there's a I thought there was another one. 
Robert Wagner didn't even make it halfway through his damn room. It's like, dude, move a little faster. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what to to tell you at that point, Rob. I mean, why? It's like, why are you stumbling around? Oh, look, you're now on fire. Oh, you're dead. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out what his point of his character was. was Other than to die. Yeah. Because that was his mistress. That wasn't his wife. Yeah. But I never figured out who his wife was supposed to be. Like, were we supposed to know his wife? Did I miss did I, I miss don't know. one little bit of, of a clue of who this guy was? And that's that was, why it was, it was just like that. let's have another name. That's why it was just to me, yeah. just let's have another name. And 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 like I said, it's too many Number people. Two. <laughs> but it's needed. It's needed to uh give us some yeah. empathy and feeling. I just it, it, that's why we saw the kids. That's why we yeah, saw the cat. Yeah. That's why we saw the people on dates and trying to, and I get what they mm-hmm. were trying to do. I absolutely get it. I just, I just, I just felt it was too much. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the, the way they stretch it out in the beginning is they're building it. He's building a lot of uh, character. He's, he's yes, letting you and know it's who necessary. these people are and why. And I honestly didn't think the kids were in the building. I thought they were just there for day school or something. I thought the yeah. mom worked in the building came to pick him up and was going home. I guess that's more of a modern thing now. I don't know. Um, where where they have like the, the child daycares in, in, in house. Uh, I don't know. Did any buildings, yeah. did any companies do that back then? I, I couldn't tell you. Probably. But I thought With- the kids had left. And then all of a sudden the guy's like, well, she's deaf. She can't hear you if you're pounding on the door. And I'm like, uh, what that lady lives there? That yeah. what kind of job does she have? That she can afford that fucking apartment? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Two that kids was... and no husband back then. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. she's making some bank. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, she's doing. definitely, definitely. Um, so, do you have do you have anything else to uh, add about the movie? Uh, I was just a little depressed that O.J. Simpson didn't buy it. His character didn't buy it. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Full disclosure, um, if I'd have seen this in the 70s, it wouldn't have bothered me. But knowing what we know about O.J. now, yeah, I want to yeah. see him, the motherfucker burn. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you just want to see him, like, taken out by a fireball. Uh, yeah. A hammer, uh, uh, a crowbar, <laughs> uh, a car, an ambulance, a white Bronco. Uh, so (laughs) (laughs) anyway um but yeah that so many actors i'm just dumbfounded and all just stuck stuck to his guns man just stuck to his guns he's he's also the producer of the next movie that we're going to watch the poseidon adventure yes i cannot wait another star filled extravaganza and it's another uh wrote this one too i think he wrote the Poseidon ah. adventure i think is what they were saying last night on some of the stuff yeah i can't wait to watch this one you gotta watch the extras if you get a chance to so some of the stories these people are telling and, yeah. and they just look all happy they all love their one allen they all love the actors that's great. That, they were, that they were acting with like paul newman and, and, and mclean and it was just like how do you because none of it is all the stuff that i just assumed or maybe read somewhere once when i was a kid like they were like Everything that I always knew about Paul Newman and, and and Steve McQueen is they didn't like each other. They didn't get along. Really? They wanted to be around each other. But it turns out McQueen did show up in a bit part in one of Paul Newman's movies years ago, like years before this. And then when they did this movie, they got along great. Like 
they, they, they look like chemistry. when you see the little little bits of outtakes, they look mm-hmm. like they're little kids, like twelve year old kids getting along, you know, fine. Well, dude, when I saw them just on screen together in those final yeah. scenes when they were working together, it's like I yeah. need a buddy cop movie with Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. Right? How great would have that have been? That'd that would have been freaking or a western or something, yeah. you know. Yeah, instead they put Robert Redford in it. I don't know. <laughs> it's still a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's a good movie. Um, what else? I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. Well, while you're thinking about it, I will I will give my final uh, right. thoughts on this. I'm loving going back into the 70s and watching these movies I saw as a, as a wee lad um, <laughs> yeah, on the right? screen. And uh, it's it's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, it's, it's neat to see just what they were able to create with what they had. They could not rely on CGI no. as much as they do now. Um, At all. They didn't have computer generated anything back then. No, not to the level. They, they had animation that they could yeah, superimpose they and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it just didn't hold and miniatures to me always work. The effects are great. The acting is top fucking notch in this. It kept me interested the entire two hours and 44 minutes uh, right. with no problem. I do have to say, I started to chuckle when I started the movie and it's a helicopter sequence. And I'm like, I saw this once <laughs> night of a thousand cats. And I wanted to turn that helicopter sequence <laughs> off. This helicopter sequence was just yeah. fine. Yeah. Just came Go in, figure. landed, got out. Yeah, because that it elevator. didn't look like. Oh yeah, oh, that hideous elevator. That oh, was glorious, inside. man! I oh. love it. I I love seeing the seventies uh, decor and everything. Oh. It's like, oh man, this is beautiful. I love every hurt. bit of that. <laughs> that elevator, did yeah, hurt. I mean, like, it oh, did hurt. Partridge family slash pretty much all at once. I can't take it. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's fine. That's all I have to say. I, I do recommend watching it. I recommend watching all the '70s disaster films. Yeah. This is this is a good one, man. It's intense. It's scary. Uh, if you get in a big building and you're in an elevator, especially one of those glass ones that go up the outside, I will never get in one without thinking of the Towering Inferno. Just saying. <laughs> this is horrible. One of the times me and the old lady went to the Empire State Building, yeah. we're going up the elevator. You're not such an asshole. You? This elevator is packed like a fucking sardine can. Oh, no. I'm in the back. I looked over at the elevator and said, it'd be really horrible if this wire snapped and we all plunged to our death. And you could just see 50 it would people be. or however many are in that damn elevator just all turn and <laughs> look at me. And I'm like, what? Like, none of you have thought about it? <laughs> Think about it every time. I know they have braking systems. I'm going to be all right. But yeah, it's, it's still the thought. I feel like they got braking systems. It's though. still the thought. <laughs> My old lady's looking at me like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> like, well, what? I, I have to tell you, my wife tells me a story about when uh, she was in high school when they went to a beta club trip to Atlanta and uh-huh. uh, they were on the outside of a building, one of those glass elevators. Right. And it was at night and the elevator stopped suddenly and all the power went off. What she oh, didn't shit. realize was it was so you could see the city. Oh, she said everybody, us. everybody started <laughs> screaming like it was like they're all going to die. So that's what she thinks of watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was very funny very Thanks funny. for telling us that that's why you're stopping the elevator and turning up yeah the power. exactly so your your final thoughts on the towering inferno glass tower i think fire. i think you gotta watch it i mean watch it for the stunts watch it for the uh the in-camera 
effects. Oh, dude. But the story is actually very good. It's still it is. today. I mean, I'd sit there it and works. see these buildings today, and I'm like, why? I don't know if I'd want to live on the 100th floor. Yeah, nice view. What if there's a fire? You know, not going, unless I got a parachute and I can, you know, the guy yeah. it out that window. Exactly. <laughs> I need a hang glider. I need a yeah. ramp. You know, one of those little near backpack where you hit the button and the wings come out. I'm Batman, just, damn it. You back wing it down to the freaking surface. Yeah, you know, maybe exactly. But uh, I don't know. I It's a good story. and It is. It all really starts making sense as soon as you figure out who screwed the pooch on the electricals. And then you come to find out that his partner or the guy who built it was doing basically the same kind of shit somewhere else along the line. You don't know yeah. what he exactly, you know, cut corners yeah. on, but couldn't have been good because that it's water system wasn't going off like it's supposed to. <laughs> and you know this happens. You know yeah. this happens. And that's yeah. what's scary. It's like, my God, don't don't cut corners when it comes yeah. to safety. I'm when just saying saving people's lives. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go live, and that's what was so cool about the final scene with uh, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. He's yeah. like, you know, maybe someday some architect will ask me or whatever. And Paul Newman's like, yeah, I'm asking. And, and Steve McQueen's like, you know where I'm at. Yeah. So you you see that there's a continuation. It's like, okay, he gets it. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's not something he was thinking about. He was thinking about safety. He wanted to put everything there, but he obviously never talked to a fire. Fighter. But like you said, had everything actually stayed in place, had they been fine. all the corners, that would have never happened. The fire, no. the initial fire would never have happened. It The fire started because they turned every fucking light on and it couldn't handle all it. All at once. All at once. Yeah. And that was because That's they cut corners on the wires. Not a good idea. And I like whenever he's telling the guy to shut down the power and they're like, but we got all the lights on. I told you to shut the goddamn power off. <laughs> Come there and kick you in the balls. I know. <laughs> I know. Turn off the power. Turn <laughs> off the power. Bob's mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Balls again. Off the power. <laughs> so old ass movie reviews says definitely watch the towering inferno. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. and I have a feeling we're going to say the same thing about our next feature, the Poseidon Adventure. It's so. been a long time since I've seen Poseidon Adventure, but the same writer, the same producer. It's going to be I'm a good one. Not sure about the director. I don't know. Don't know who directed this, but it'll yeah, be a good one. Irwin it'll Allen's going to have some action. Yeah, now, we're going to have to see if we can find Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Sounds like a plan. So uh, make sure you tune in next week when we take a cruise. A star-studded cruise. So we will then catch we you then. Flip the script. Yes, we do. <laughs> Be safe. Stay fire-free. And yeah. take a swim with us next week. Cheers. <laughs> Later.